The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. The very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, here is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as told you. So they went out, and they fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. He is risen. Alleluia. Almighty God, we thank you for this Easter morning. Let that faith be in our hearts. Amen. This, it's April what today? Okay. I have a story about an organist. It's not Linda. It's not Jason. This is in honor of April 1st. Two stories. A woman named Carol was organist at her church. She was an outstanding musician, but she did something no organist should ever do. She overslept on Easter morning and missed the sunrise service. Obviously, she was embarrassed, and of course, the minister and the church forgave her. They teased her a little bit, but it was done lovingly and in good fun. However, the next Easter, her phone rang at five in the morning. Jolted awake by the loud ringing, she scrambled to answer it. It was the minister, and he said, Carol, it's Easter morning. The Lord is risen, and I suggest you do the same. So April Fool's joke is what God has done to Satan today. Death and resurrection is the best April Fool's joke. A man hadn't been feeling well, and he went to his doctor for a complete checkup. After the checkup, the doctor came in with the results. I'm afraid I have some bad news, the doctor said. You're dying and you don't have much time. Well, that's quite a shock, Doc, the man said, but I appreciate your honesty. How much time do I have? Ten, the doctor answered. Ten what? Ten months, ten weeks, ten days? And the doctor answered, ten, nine, eight, seven. Resurrection and death. Mary and Mary and Salome got
got to the tomb Easter morning early. And Jesus was already gone. They were worrying about the large stone blocking the tomb, and they were wondering how they were doing the funeral anointing. But they had a new problem. Jesus was not available. The stone was removed, and he was alive, and he was gone on other business. Mark's telling of the emptiness of the tomb is different than all the other gospel lessons. It ends with fear and trembling. The fact is, Jesus was not present because he had better things to do than to wait around at the tomb. The young man dressed in a white robe, the angel, delivered the good tidings that morning. And he he might have said something like, you're looking for Jesus? Sorry, you just missed him. Christ moves on. In the book of Mark, everything is always, what was the word we've been using for the last seven weeks? Suddenly, suddenly, right now, And this resurrection Christ has no time to sit around and wait whether we believe in the resurrection or not. Instead, he reminds his disciples that he said, I will meet you in Galilee. And the young angel, the young man said, if you want to see him, get moving. This isn't anything new in the Gospel of Mark. The resurrection ends with a question. For you that hear the story, what are you going to do? Do you remember the barren fig tree where the gardener spends a year caring for it? Mark doesn't tell us the end of the answer. And the prodigal son who returns and the older brother is standing outside the party, he doesn't tell us whether he will enter or not. And the same with the Easter celebration. It comes to the resurrection and the tomb is empty and he leaves us with some questions. Will you bear fruit? Are you willing to join the party? Are you willing to go and tell others that Jesus has been raised from the dead? Mark's ending to the resurrection is different because of when it was written. Mark and the Christians were living under the rule and reign of Nero one of the greatest persecutors of Christians who ever lived. Under his reign, Peter and Paul were both executed. Many of Mark's readers were facing persecution and execution also. And their question to the church was, where is Jesus in the midst of these trials and sufferings and death? That church did not need a story about women and men 
stating that Jesus had risen. What they needed was, where is Jesus now? And so the text takes on a story of an empty tomb and the word that said, go to Galilee, I go there in front of you. Go, Mark tells us, Jesus goes ahead. He's always in front of the trials and the sufferings and the death. He goes ahead to be the resurrection from the dead. He goes ahead. Even when we fail him, Jesus does not fail them. Have you ever tried to leave Jesus behind? It can't be done. The men in the garden and the women at the tomb run away from Jesus in fear. And we, worshipers this Easter morning in a church building, we can't get away from Christ. He goes ahead of us. So what appears to be a very strange gospel ending for the Easter resurrection If you're looking at it from a literature point of view, it's almost like a failure. All of a sudden you realize that Mark leaves us with a question, squarely on our shoulders. And so what appears to be a failed ending of the resurrection is really a brilliant ending because he invites us into the story of resurrection. The women leave, the men leave, and what are we doing? We are invited into the story to go and tell that Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, who has been raised, is going ahead to meet us, just as he promised. So do we see the Easter story today in our life? The answer is yes. God meets us in the point of our brokenness. Can we proclaim the story doesn't end? No. The story continues where Mark left it, in our lives. Can we invite people into the story that they too can share in the Easter resurrection? Can we carry on the witness that the one who is crucified brings salvation? Can we tell people, can we tell ourselves that we still live with love and struggling and dying and hope? We live by faith alone, Christ alone. That's the word. And sometimes that word is difficult and challenging, yet there is hope and faith in that word. Christ is risen. It may be hard to believe, yet when we gather each Sunday, each little Easter, we hear the word. And we're drawn into the faith, and we're pulled into the story once again. So Mark's Easter story 
speaks to our time and our culture powerfully. Easter is festive and joyous. Watching the kids get their Easter eggs. Watching worship take place. Those things happen. And yet, we may have doubts about Easter. We may have doubts about the resurrection. We may have doubts about our faith. And yet, we know that God meets despair and turns it into hope. God meets death and brings life. Resurrection is why we are here today. We come to be reminded that we have life over death, hope over despair, love over hate, and there is only one place on this earth that it can be found. By looking at an empty tomb from the man of Galilee. Does it matter that Christ was victorious over the grave? If you have ever lost a loved one, the answer is yes, it matters. It matters that death is conquered, that Jesus has been raised from the dead, and that he goes ahead of us in our life This is the good news of Easter Day. Hallelujah. He lives. Amen.